As I say, we're on the fourth of our series now on questions about the Bible. And it's a series which uh, Mark has been um, leading and which she's actually done all the notes for this evening and done some slides. So um, hopefully you're going to try and understand uh, where his mind was going with this. Um, but uh, I hope it'll be a good time together. Clarity. Is the Bible clear in um, what it says? What is clarity? Um, might conjure up a few images in your minds. Uh, being able to see through a windscreen, particularly in the current weather conditions we've had. Can you see clearly? Maybe it's um, something about understanding the meaning of something. <laughs> Give you a chance just to work through that one. What did the sign really mean? Yes, I'm sure some people will be thinking, oh, that's quite easy. Others will be thinking, what on earth is all that about? Um, I think I'm in the latter there. Yes, trying to spot something in the middle of uh, a whole crowd of other things, whether it's people or ideas, concepts, um, whatever. Here's an interesting one. Look at that. Quite a useful picture for our holiday club this uh, year. Still trying to work out how they do that. I'm still trying to work it out. I don't know how they do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just some ideas. So what we're going to do is start off with is actually give you the question that we've set and see what you think about it already. Is the Bible clear in what it says? Um, we're going to get into our groups, um, not necessarily the same ones as last time, but just form some groups around where you are, larger ones, smaller ones, depending how you, you like it, and just um, discuss that question for a few minutes. Is the Bible clear in what it says? What do you think? Okay, so we uh, see what people have come up with. Um, is the Bible clear in what it says? Anybody want to um, share with us um, what your group came up with? Okay, yes. Thank you, Stuart. And would you like to uh, give a reason for why you said yes? We have a microphone here. Matthew, do you fancy doing your running around thing? That's really good. You're very good at this. It looks, looks a bit clearer as well. Not too many chairs to jump over this time. Uh, that's sure. That one in the blue shirt at the back, the troublemaker. Um, I'll, I'll just waffle for 10 minutes and put everybody to sleep. No, keep uh, it we, clear, Stuart. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Concise. I'll try it out. Um, right. Uh, it's important to one of the points we were talking about, well, the point I was talking about, um, was it's important to have a very good understanding of the whole of the Bible uh, on, it, say, a particular subject, because right. it's very easy to take just a verse or a passage out of context okay. and therefore get a, a skewed understanding or an overemphasis on a particular point of the Bible. So um, it's important to know the whole of the Bible, to understand mm -hmm. the whole of the character of God, because the whole character of God is revealed in the whole of the scriptures. Okay, great. So that's almost a way of, of understanding the Bible by looking at the whole of the Bible. It becomes clear. Um, anybody else want to say something? Judy, do you want to? Or Steve, just behind you, Matthew, and then Judy. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the things that are really important to know are clear. Um, the fact that salvation is in Christ and no one else, that is clear. Um, Maybe things about the end times and Christ's return, which we don't really have to know. Those aren't spelled out clearly for us. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you, Steve. Very clear. Uh, Judy. This is more Martin's contribution, so he can correct it. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, you, if you're looking for 
um, to be able to read something and all understand the same thing from it, then no, it's not clear. You don't get that. Um, but there's a depth to it where each person who comes to it may learn something new every time they come to it. Uh, and it's, it becomes clear. It becomes clearer as you go on. Okay. Yes, no, great. So as we read it, not everybody is having the same clarity, I guess is what you're saying, uh, as they read it, than everybody else. Um, and Steve says a good point about um, it's clear in the sense of what we need to know about salvation. Anybody else want to chip in something? Um, Eric? Um, I was going to say that I think that it's, it's good in showing God's character in the sense that the Old Testament was about promises in the Second Testament. The, sorry, the New Testament's about fulfilment. So I just think that obviously it's it's great in showing God's character in that sense. Of sort of the, it was you know coming up to Jesus and then Jesus came. Um, but I also think that people often treat the Bible like yellow pages in the sense that they hope they could just pick it up, sort of turn to you know be able to find what they want to find in it, and then sort of read it. And sometimes I think that you've got to actually understand the context of the passage and who obviously wrote the book and obviously. You know, uh, understand it in that context to be able to actually extract fully what is meant by sort of what's written in the certain scriptures. So I think it is it is clear in its sort of message, but it's not always easy to navigate and extract what you want to get out of it. Great, thank you, Eric. So there's a sense in terms of how we understand God in the Bible. Um, we are reading his promises, but we need to see how they're fulfilled in the rest of the Bible. So again, it's that sense of reading the whole of the Bible to, to know God. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Um, Elizabeth. Um, Ken said that it sort of depended how you came to reading God's word as to how clear it was. Because if you come to it asking God to help you understand it, you're going to understand it much better. If you come to it wanting to find flaws or with an argumentative state of mind, then obviously... Um, you're going to get a lot of different things out yeah. of it. Brilliant, thank you. Yes, so our understanding, how clear it is to us, depends on how we come to the, the word and what attitude. Um, just to um, give you a couple of things here. The Bible actually says itself it is clear. So Psalm 919, for example, says, the unfolding of your words gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. So it's not just for the wise in human terms, it gives understanding to the simple. Jesus himself, if you remember how he referred to the scriptures of the Old Testament, uh, he never actually said, oh yeah, I know that part of the Old Testament is really difficult to understand, um, but um, you know, maybe it's like this. No, he always said, um, uh, you know, truly, I tell you, it is written in the scriptures. Um, or he said, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. This is um, what the, if you heard of the Westminster Confession, that was like a statement of faith from the 17th century when the churches got together and produced what they believed were the core essentials of the Christian faith. And this is what they said about the Bible. Not all things in Scripture are equally plain in themselves or equally clear to all. Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed and observed for salvation are so clearly stated and explained in one place or another in Scripture that not only the educated but also the uneducated may gain a sufficient understanding of them by a proper use of the ordinary means. The ordinary means being reading, hearing, studying the Word of God. 
So that covers some of the points that were raised there, doesn't it? So everything we need to understand what it means to be saved is in the Bible. In other words, a child can understand certain passages in the Bible and what it means to be saved. Well, I have just a quick test here. How many of you became a Christian as a child? Um, quite a lot. How, how many were under 10 when you became a Christian? Anybody under 7? Um, <laughs> tell us, those who became a Christian as a child, though, what can you remember of what it meant to be a Christian when you were a child? Can you remember what, that, what you understood? What was the first thing you understood about what it meant to be a Christian? Anybody want to share? Who's got the mic? Matthew, ready to, uh, to go for, for somebody. Eric, there you go. How old were you, Eric, when you became a, became a Christian? Uh, I'd say when I fully sort of understood it, it was about seven years old. Uh-huh. And um, obviously everyone just, I obviously at that age, I didn't sort of really fully understand, obviously, about religion and obviously everything that it meant. Um, but obviously everyone, sort of my RE teacher, kept talking about this guy called Jesus and that obviously I've got to put my trust in him and sort of kept sort of going on about Jesus and his teachings and it was sort of through that that obviously I came to sort of know who Jesus was and wanting to follow him and that obviously that led to my faith growing. Yeah. Brilliant, thank you. Anybody else? Can I remember Irene? I'll share something with you. I wouldn't have said that I was a Christian, but when I was a very young child, I think, and I've got to think back now, I must have been three or four when I had an encounter with God without any doubt. And what had happened, I'd done something very seriously wrong. And I can remember to this day what I did, and I can remember that God showed me very, very clearly that I had done something wrong. And mm-hmm. it was nobody else because it was just me and God. But I knew without any doubt, but I, wasn't, I wouldn't have said I was a Christian. No, but you still have that sense I of God. That, and, yeah, I knew without yeah, doubt that yeah. God had spoken to me. And even at that young age, I knew I had to do something about something it. Something about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Vera? I, I don't remember what, what age I was, but <clears throat> I was under six years because I wasn't in school yet. And um, I was in the same situation doing something wrong. And um, my parents sat down with me to pray. And then they said to me, just tell God that you didn't do it because I was denying it. And that was a, a striking moment. I realized that I could not... Uh, I could not lie to God because God knows what I was doing and I realized I was wrong and I realized that the only way for me to get out from this trouble is uh, by having forgiven Mm. and I needed Jesus and um, I remember very clearly crying and asking forgiveness from Jesus so um, I was under six I don't know what age so as a child we understand the need for forgiveness and we understand that Jesus can forgive us and that is clearly in in the Bible this is something we um, read this morning when we had the dedication for um, young Joseph um, Manga from 2 Timothy 3 but as for you continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learnt it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So if it's possible for children, if it's possible for the simple to, to understand um, that we have to believe in Jesus to, to be saved from the penalty for our sins, then why do some not get it? As um, the group over there, I think it was Ken, was at the wise words, it's also about how we approach scripture. 
So, and how we approach the Word of God. So, skip over that. Let's uh, back in your groups again. Have a look at these passages and what do they teach us about the right approach to God's Word? What should our attitude be to to understanding it? Okay, have you had a chance to um, look up some of those anyway? Somebody want to um, tell us um, what should the right attitude be to to God's Word? How should we come to it? Anybody else? Sarah, you're doing, good, you're doing a good job tonight, Eric, but you might want to share it out a little bit. Don't want to um, uh, let others not have a chance. Hope that's all right with you. Over to Rob. Over to Rob. Then I'll just hand it to Alan. Yeah. <laughs> no, joke. Um, I think we decided that it was um, we needed to come listening, not just hearing. Uh, that was the one from Samuel. Um, mm-hmm. And expecting to hear. And also in Psalm 25, um, there was a question, it was, show me, it was asking. So when you come to the Bible, you know, ask God to show you from it what he's actually saying. So it's kind of an expectancy that you're coming to it, not as just a book, but as God speaking. Um, hmm. Great, thank you, Rob. Yeah, you remember the story of Samuel? He didn't actually know who was calling him, did he, until he actually said then, finally, speak, for your servant is listening. So once he was ready to listen, then he heard from God and understood Great, thank you. Anybody else? Alan. We need to come with a teachable spirit, hmm. particularly Psalm 25. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, so show me your ways, isn't it? Teach me your paths. So we, we want to be taught at the end of the day when we come into God's Word. Uh, we're not coming it, to it as though we know everything already. We want to be taught new things. There's always new things we can, can learn. So a teachable spirit, yeah, definitely. Any more? Um, Kathy over here. In um, Psalm 86, it also seems to be in a context of thanksgiving and praising God. Yes, yeah. Yeah, if we haven't got a gratitude in our, in our heart towards God, then again, um, we're coming in the wrong way, aren't we? Um, we want to be grateful already before we've even actually received from him. Good, well, let's, um, some implications that come out of these. It's just briefly... Um, say something about each one of these first of all what it means is we do need to sit under god's word so we're coming to it not with preconceived ideas not with our own agendas we're coming under god's word we're submitting to it um however difficult it may be what what it says what god is saying to us we we want to come accepting um what he says so it's like that humility again which is so important um because god's word does often challenge uh, it disciplines us. Uh, this is what it says in Proverbs. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in. And understanding is also a gift. It's recognizing it is a gift. So um, this is what Jesus said. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. So again, those who come accepting that um, they know, know little. Remember your limitations. The Bible is not always easy to read. It does actually say that in the Bible. So there are passages which you will find difficult. Um, so we can't expect to, to know it all um, straight away. And we can have hard hearts. We need to recognize that in us, well, in us ourselves as well. Um, there is that sense of pride in us that um, we have to, have to deal with. 
Be confident, though, in the clarity of what God has said. We've said already that the Bible says it's clear. There is a clarity in the Bible, and a child can understand it. So be confident in that when you, when you approach the Word of God. Not assume it's just so complicated that you just can't possibly know what it's getting at. Um, give thanks for and encourage your teachers. Um, Mark put these down, by the way. Um, <laughs> but encouragement's always good. Um, but no, we do need teachers as well to, to you know, un, uh, help us understand what it says in the Word sometimes. Remember the, uh, the, uh, the story of how Philip went to the um, Ethiopian eunuch? Because he saw he was reading a, a passage from Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? Um, and he said, well, no, how can I unless somebody teaches it to me? So he actually explained to him what that was all about. And then finally, remember that God, the Holy Spirit, is with you. He is the one at the end of the day who will help us understand. Um, John 16 says, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. So um, we are dependent on the spirit at all times for understanding what God's word says. Let's come on to some of the tricky questions then. Is there such a thing as a right and wrong interpretation of scripture? Can one passage mean different things? And how do your answers affect your view of Scripture and of God? A few minutes to tackle these. It's getting more interesting now, aren't we? <laughs> okay, let's um, see what you came up with on this one. Is there such a, a thing as a right and wrong interpretation of Scripture? Anybody want to uh, kick us off on this one? Yes. <laughs> Yes, a bit more uh, elaboration than that would be helpful. Go on then, go for it, somebody. There was a lot of discussion coming with this group, maybe over there. Alan, you sounded like you were doing a lot of talking over there. Should we... Yes. <laughs> yes, would you like to elaborate, please? <laughs> Take him back, Matthew. Go back to him, go on. Tell him to say more. <laughs> Even Jesus said about the Pharisees that they had not understood the Old Testament. So there is a wrong interpretation and a right interpretation. If Jesus said that, I believe he's right. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's fairly clear, isn't it? Um, anybody else want to comment on that as well? Other things which um, maybe we find less clear where there are clearly different um, uh, interpretations amongst Christians. Is that because some of those different interpretations on maybe lesser things are valid? Or why haven't we come to one understanding of some of these controversial issues? Anybody want to respond to that? Sorry, Kathy. Because we are fallible human beings, yeah. At the end of the day, I think um, we're all coming to God's word. Um, we're bringing stuff to it. We are fallible. We don't understand fully. Um, and that is why we do need to pray that the, uh, the Spirit would help us understand and come to whatever the right meaning should be. So it's not that God has just deliberately made it awkward for us. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think you know, God sometimes encourages us to work at understanding things. It doesn't make necessary life easy for us, coming back to the whole issue of the attitude. Um, if we're not coming to things with the right attitude, we won't understand them as they're meant to be understood. So there's a combination of different things of why some things are hidden from us, 
um, that passage I read out earlier. But um, Jesus saying, I praise you, Father, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned. He's done that for a reason, so they will come in humility. I think that sort of answers those, isn't it? Let's, uh, we've got a little bit, so let's uh, move on quickly just to cover the last couple of things before we have some time of prayer as well to finish. Um, some tools for understanding the Bible. I won't dwell long on these because we're going to be doing a, a series shortly on reading the Bible, different Bible handling skills, different ha- things and how the Bible holds together. So um, just a few things which are useful, though, that we've looked at before in different groups. Context is um, a key thing. Uh, we can misread the Bible, misunderstand it, if we haven't looked at the context. Let me just give one example of that, for example. Romans 28. Do you know the... Sorry, Romans 8:28. Do you know the very um, well-known verse? We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Very easy just to stop there and say... God works for the good of those who love him. I love good. God, he's going to work somehow for my good and interpret good as we want good to be. But of course, actually, if the verse carries on, we read the rest of it. It said, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So actually, the best thing for us is to be made like Jesus. So those things working for our good, tough as they may be, are hopefully helping us to become more like Jesus Christ. So context is key. Um, Harmonisation. You'll find in the Bible different accounts in the Gospels sometimes of different things that happened. Um, How do you bring those together? Quite often it's just simply a question of the fact that you have human authors reporting things um, as they saw them. Um, And actually if they're exactly the same, you'd probably think, well, is there something a bit suspicious going on here? Clearly, if we all saw some football match, we'd report on it in different ways, um, depending on what was interesting to us. So it's the same with the events that happened in Jesus' life. Emphasis. Important to look at what the Bible emphasizes rather than what we think is important. If there are a lot of passages talking about one thing, that is clearly important. If one thing is mentioned just one place in the Bible, then the likelihood is it's not actually going to be as important as some people would make it out to be. Um, one thing that springs to mind is, uh, is uh, the millennium. Um, there'll be churches for whom that is an essential part of what they believe. Um, it's one small part of the Bible where it's talked about. So emphasis. Um, I won't dwell on that now. <laughs> and, oh, we've come to the grace already. Somebody's uh, wanting us to move on quite quickly. Um, <laughs> other things. Is the Bible full of contradictions? Um, no, I think again it, it comes to how things are, 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 are written and in what context. So you could say, for example, um, Paul talking about faith, salvation by faith in Romans is different from James where it talks about works. So he's saved by faith or works. So actually they're both saying the same thing but just in different ways. Um, Paul is saying you're saved by faith. James is saying... You are saved by faith, but unless you are demonstrating that you've been saved in the way you live out your Christian life, then you have to question whether you have that faith. So, again, looking at things, um, there's a whole load of other things on the handouts. Do please take those away and refer to them during the week. Have you got to say the Bible literally? Um, 
not literally, because there are different types of writing. Um, there are figures of speech which we can't take literally. Um, so let me give you an example of those. Jesus said, this is my body, broken for you. Um, that doesn't mean that bread is his body, although that's obviously been controversial in different parts of the church. Um, Jesus is not, we believe, a loaf of bread. Jesus is using that as a metaphor to describe how he has been broken for all who trust in him. And uh, cultural or eternally binding. Where are things cultural? Or where are they actually sort of binding principles for us, whatever part of um, uh, history that we, we happen to be, be living in? Again, some examples there. But um, we have to look at the context. What is the reason for a teaching that is given? Uh, is it a cultural thing? Or is the reason being given for something based on a creation ordinance or, or some, something like that? We've whizzed through that a little bit, but hopefully it's been uh, helpful. As I say, some notes that Mark's put together you'll find on the way out. Be good just to spend uh, some time in your groups praying about those things we've talked about. Maybe praying for greater clarity and understanding as you read the Bible. And um, then in a few minutes we'll close with a final song again from the group.